we've endured a few long days of lippy footy media personalities dunking on Hawthorne, so it's time to shake off all that negativity and work out how the Hawks are going to set things right. Welcome one and all to another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason and joining me is my co-host who's going to run through some positives. G'day Tiz. G'day mate. Well it's sunny up in Coogee so that's a, that's a positive. The sun is shining for one Jarman Impey. He's back Tiz and I'm feeling pretty good about it. Well, so was McAvoy when he was interviewed. He's uh, He cited him as being a, something to be positive about and then had a... What he, he got a bit lippy about Lewis, which I thought was great. Just gave him one on the way through. Does he even know Clarko? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you need something to cling on to after that performance. And um, I think Jarman Impey is just the... That's music to our ears. The fact that he played in a scratch match and after almost a year, he's the long road to recovery seems to be complete, Tiz. And isn't he just the person we need back in the side right now? Yeah, backline springboard, really, isn't it? That's exactly what we need. Take... An attack from the opposition into attack of our own, which we seem to have been lacking, and and some pace off the half-back line. That'll be good to see as well. Some closing speed. Got his first touch in the opening minute of that scratch match against GWS to huge applause. Uh, that That's their words, by the way. I can't imagine how many people were actually at that scratch match. The players weren't allowed to attend, were they? Well, I don't imagine many people at all would be allowed to attend, Tiz. There's no reason for anyone to be there, apart from the... Apart from the teams. Lack atmosphere, wouldn't it? Now they know how North Melbourne feels. Jeez. Cheap drive-by, I'll take what I can get. Uh, later, the club tweeted, Jarman and CJ are providing great bounce of our half-back line. A strong start from both of them in their return games. Sounds like a little of what we need right now. Well, just watching the boys on Friday night, there was no uh, there was no attacking flair. They hardly ever went up the guts. I mean, Collingwood are a decent side. But they had a lot of omissions and they had a couple of debutantes and their structure held up a hell of a lot better than ours did. And coming off the kind of week or fortnight that they'd had, it, they seemed ripe, really, for the taking and uh, just didn't play out that way for us. I mean, these are extenuating circumstances and, you know, Hawthorne, they've had a lot of changes and now they are moved somewhere else. But, I mean, the whole league's like that. And that's why we're seeing... So many variables in performance, like some people are up one week and down the next. And I mean, Hawthorne's certainly that way. We're we're either winning at a canter and then dropping off in the final quarter or, you know, we haven't had a four-quarter effort yet. Most teams haven't. There there were some positives from Friday night's game against Collingwood. Uh, We heard from one of our listeners, Jake. Who's our best player and why is it Will Day? (laughs) He was our best. He was fantastic. He had some great endeavour about him, a couple of smothers. He just has a knack. You know, when you see a kid that, that looks like they've got it all, well, that, that's Will Day. And he's not big. No. He looks like a little twiggy out there, doesn't he? But uh, he's got some something about X Factor, isn't it? He's got that X Factor. He's got that flair. I think uh, from memory, off the top of my head, I think he had 16 touches at something like 85% or thereabouts disposal efficiency. So uh, he looked really good. He looked up to it. And uh, Morris Morris was more difficult to gauge because our forward line is virtually non-existent. But I thought Morris had a crack as well. I was, I was pleased with both of them. His endeavour at the football is incredible from Morris. Oh, Just yeah. Going at the... Con- and the... Second and third and fourth efforts. Oh, keep him in, please. I just on an evening where we sorely needed more players to like really have that killer instinct, have a real crack at the footy and the man. Uh, Morris provided that. I thought it was like Poppy of old. Can I say that? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, th- I think the comparisons are well and truly valid on that one. Like Poppy in that 2013 grand final where he just had effort after effort after effort to keep it in that forward pocket. Clinging tight to those memories at the moment, mind you. Ah, oh, don't worry about that. Poppy's a great servant of the club, and if he keeps being selected, I'm happy for him. But, uh, you know, uh, he had a bad night. And a few of the old fellas are looking like they're old, which, you know, not surprising, really. you got to remember... Th- Where's the hunger for these boys? They've done it all. It might be a fair point. And where's the hunger in a season that's really turned on its head every week? I don't know. I wonder how much that plays into it. Uh, We came up against a Collingwood side that was clearly more up to the contest than we were, which is disappointing. Uh, We heard from Dino, who wants to talk about a guy that I didn't actually expect to be talking about after the game. Uh, Dino hit us up. Talk to me about Shields. He seems to be involved in every costly turnover, loves to miss a target by foot, and handballing behind the man or to their feet. To me, he's been very average since the Geelong game last season. Interesting one, Tiz. It's not a guy that we often have in the gun. I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Shields is consistent, but he's copped a couple of heavy blows in the last couple of matches. I was going to point that out, yeah. And I don't think he's he's 100%. Also, he's been named on the interchange a couple of times, so I would say that Clarko and Shields himself knows that he's below his best efforts. But you just got to keep backing that guy because he can turn it on. And also, he can be a very good foil for uh, for our, the you know he can he can run with a player or he's just a Clarko trusts him, and that's something about this side is why it's so. I mean, it seems conservative. That's the first we had two debutants last year, two in a week this year. Clarko trusts certain players, doesn't he? And it can be frustrating because. Uh, we wane in our trust for a few of them. Well, it's, it's funny you mention that because Shields is probably one guy that we've never had to second guess. So if, if this happens to be the conversation, well, that's just that's just a hiccup, isn't it? We don't have anything to really worry about here. I, I do agree that Shields has taken a couple of big hits in the last fortnight and I wasn't actually sure that he was going to get up for this game. So to, to see that his output was somewhat questionable this week, I'm not too surprised. Um, what I'd like to see, Tiz, is Hawthorne laying the hits on the opposition. <laughs> I want to talk about the unsociable Hawks. Yeah, that seems to be a, a fair way back in the memory bank, that one, too. How about this for a name? Fabio Finelli on Facebook. I love that alliteration. What does he say? Uh, why are we playing bruise-free footy and why are we not playing through the middle? Well... I have no idea why we're not playing through the middle. We look far better when we do it. But it's probably because we don't have a tall target, especially after Patton went off and Timmy keeps running under the ball. Um, It's just going to come straight back. Well, that's generally how I feel about it. If they can't hit up a pass, uh, we're just going to be caught on the rebound. And we aren't quick in defence either. We're very tall. So I can understand why they go wide and long. And just trying to make ground. I'm going to take you back to the first 40 seconds of the match, right? Uh, and Hawthorne was deep in defence. And they switched it back and forth, I think, for that entire 40-second duration. We just had no confidence, no, no ability to roll the dice to get through any of, any of Collingwood's structures. And the longer you leave that go, well, I appreciate that they're being patient and looking for an option. But Collingwood's defence is kind of solidifying. And what they don't want to do what no team wants to do is to leave the corridor vulnerable they're going to guard for that so the way to get through that is to basically 
ensure that the opposition structure is disorganized. They're scrambling to try and in, implement what they want to implement. And the quicker you move the footy, the more you make them panic and scramble, the more likely you are to have that corridor open. And it, it did actually happen against Collingwood on a couple of occasions. We did actually manage to get that going. And it was when we started taking risks and moving it quickly. Yeah, that's the point. Taking risks and outworking your opponents to f- make space for one another. And I thought our ability to outwork our opponents was negligible, really. Um, the fluidity in the movement into the forward line wasn't there. It was always stunt, uh, stilted. Makes it very hard for the key forward to know when to lead. It's absolutely true. And as for the bruise free footy thing, well, that's just a matter of... I think I tweeted in the first quarter that... Uh, this was an evening that was an anti-Shakira for Hawthorne. We were not on tonight. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> we're not a big midfield. We've got small guys compared to a lot of the other teams, and I'm not sure if they're just not willing to hit people. Or... Get them onto the tackle bags, Tiz. Have they got the tackle bags up in Coogee? Because that's what they need to be working on. No, they just need intensity at the footy. I don't I don't really want them hitting, hitting blokes. I want them protecting the football. One of our listeners, Ben, might have something to say about that. Uh, we've always had tough nuts in the team like Brown, Lewis, Osborne and Hodge, who have had a mean streak. Whilst we need some class and X-factor, are we missing players who aren't afraid of hurting someone? Yeah, actually, I can't think of anyone apart from Stratton I've seen hurt anybody in the past 12 months. I miss it. I don't want him to be reported, but I want him to really layeth the smacketh down. What's the phrase? Make him earn it, I think is the point. Make him earn it. That's right. Get a bit of Brian Lake about you. <laughs> Within reason. I'm talking on-field. Jeez, I tell you what, we're having some flashbacks to 2013 there, aren't we? Yes, when things were good. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Aaron chimes in as well. Bring back the unsociable Hawks. I'm all for it. I love that. I was fairly unsociable in front of the TV. That's uh, that's for sure. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, a few of our other listeners are talking about ground size, which I've always seen as a bit of a... uh, It seems like a bit of a dubious excuse to me, but I'm going to... I think Rick and Campbell together have a point here. Uh, have the ground sizes been a factor, writes Rick, in our losses? Consider the fact that two of our three wins have been at the big open MCG while all of our losses have been on small, tight grounds, uh, GMHBA and Giants Stadium. And uh, Campbell effectively asks the question, how much of an impact are grounds having on teams this year? Uh, do you think there are good points raised here by these two? Well, it's a good point, but... Surely it's a manageable point. That's what I reckon. Surely Clarko can come out with a, just a tweak of the game plan, please. But we, got, we understand that the game plan doesn't work, practically, on these small grounds. So why does he run with it? Here's my thinking, Tiz. I mean, what are we up for our third straight week at Giants Stadium? If the excuse had any merit to begin with, which I think it kind of does. I take uh, Rick and Campbell's points on board. I think we do play better on bigger grounds, and I think our game plan is suited to bigger grounds. But it's our third week at the same ground, okay? I think we're out of that excuse. If it is a problem with playing that surface and and the dimensions of it, that needs to be rectified. A third time's the charm, mate. If you can't get it in three, I don't know what's going on. I'm getting a bit nervous, actually, Nick. I really, I'm not sure I want to watch this weekend. I'm not sure I want to watch for the quality of game, but I know what you're talking about. You're worried that we're going to lose to the D's. Yeah, I just hate Melbourne. I can't. I know. I know, mate. If we lose to them, and they're, they're so awful. They really are. Like... I heard the uh, the handover that they did from Ruse to Goodwin described as successful, <laughs> which um, 
What measure? What measure could it possibly be successful? In that the other bloke got the job is perhaps the only measure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... Just could they come out with another doco episode just just this week, please? Just to put the moz on themselves. Yeah, just to stymie their resurgence. Anyway, I, I was barracking for Gold Coast so heavily. I know you were, mate. Look, I, I'm a bit nervous too because our season's at a crossroads. We're three three. Not all is lost, but uh, gee, it's pretty important that we that we win against the D's. We'll get to that game a bit later. I want to talk about Clarkson and the system that we've got going because a lot of questions came in talking about. You know, trying to find out just what we're trying to do. We heard from Aaron. Uh, what's our take on the Clark Oppressor after the match? I was fuming with rage and preparing to watch him rip the walls down, but he seemed calm and collected. There must be more to the story here. Is there pressure on our leadership behind closed doors? Stratton needs to publicly step up here. Um, well, that, that's just beyond Stratton, isn't it? He's not meant to get the ball. He's only meant to close down his opponent, and he doesn't seem to... Love the cameras, to be honest. Yeah, we heard from a few listeners this week on uh, on Twitter that sending Big Boy out was an intriguing move uh, just because they thought Ben Stratton should have been out there. But I dare say that after Kane Corns launched a, an impassioned ridicule at, at Ben Stratton's captaincy, I don't think they're going to chuck him in front of the cameras after that. Well, I don't think we're going to change captain midships anyway, so... No, I... I've... I'm not sure anyone's calling for it. If they are... Oh, no, I've heard people call for it. I've been on Facebook. It's, um... <laughs> it's funny because all of our listeners on Facebook and Twitter pretty level-headed across the board. As soon as you step out of that boundary... It's like we've got a filter on. It's great. <laughs> it's very good. I like it very much. Uh, look, what what did we expect Clarko to do? He probably wasn't going to tear strips off the players. He probably wasn't going to be drawn by the journalists in the room. He had that moment. We can say now in hindsight it probably didn't go too well for him. I don't think it serves any purpose to get angry, especially an oppressor. No, no way. Uh, Would he be angry behind closed doors? Part of me hopes so. I'm not sure he would be, actually. He understands that there's a huge upheaval going on with the playing group, and now uh, they're going to Perth as well. So there's so many unknowns. But I tell you what he does understand, that everything's going to be a feel a hell of a lot better when there's a W up there. Absolutely, yeah. If you keep losing, it's only going to get worse, fellas. Okay, so (laughs) one win can break this spell. You'll feel a hell of a lot better. I'm going to take part of Tony's question here, uh, mostly because he had a a big question that's kind of glass half full, glass half empty. He considered both sides. But uh, one of his questions as part of that was, has Clarko's good coaching, including defensive systems, papered over our lack of flair and skills? Oh, has Clarko gone the Ross line? <laughs> That's got to hurt deep in your soul to say that. Well, I mean, if he figures that the list doesn't have enough talent, that is exactly what a great coach would do. Are we really at that point? Well, I mean, it seems like we might be. There's a lack of flair off the halfback line. There's a lack of flair off the wings. We're not getting a lot. The half forwards is Wingard and yeah, <laughs> and our key forwards aren't taking marks. So uh, he's in a position where he's got to guard the scoreline. He can't allow them to score because our potential to score is not that great. Okay, so the first thing he must do is prevent them from scoring, and then he's got to try and isolate the guys who are winning on the field in the right positions up the field. And he hasn't been able to do it on small grounds. He has been able to do it on large grounds because we need the one-on-ones. As soon as Wingard doesn't have enough space, and he doesn't need a lot, 
Well, Burgoyne's not on the side. He also doesn't need a lot of space. We look very brittle when we go forward. So he is doing that. Yes, well spotted, Tony. He's going the whole <laughs> Ross line while we have injuries and a lack of flair in attack. Okay, so you might have hinted at it there. And I appreciate that summary. I think that was quite insightful. But how do you dig yourself out of that? Is it a matter of we're simply waiting for the right personnel to come back? Uh, do we need to start playing different players? We've got a hell of a lot of talent that's untried just sitting there because they're not playing VFL at the moment. They're literally just sitting there playing the odd scratch match and working out. That's it. Our skills are 20% down. Hawthorne wins game off skill. We take that pass. We see that opportunity. We hit it up. That's how our game plan works. If our skills aren't up to, up to grade, if the weather's bad for us, or it's a slimy footy, or we're playing at 6 p.m., we don't perform that well. It means that we have to come out of our comfort zone. Well, we managed to do that in the snow, don't forget. Yeah, but GWS, when I look back at it, they dropped a lot of fellas. It looked like they'd rested that week. They'd probably upped their fitness regime heading into finals. So it was probably an anomaly for me. Sorry to take that away, people. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I wanted to jump in there. How dare you? One of our best wins last year. But we had all. We also had CJ and Nash playing wonderfully. And no one would have thought that would happen. The two guys I mentioned earlier in the show, Impey and CJ, I think will go a long way to giving this side a radically different look. I love our defensive system. But it seems to be all we've got. And that's... That's a problem, and even that needs tweaking right now. It just needs it needs a bit more attacking flair from defence. Yeah, it, I mean, it always looks worse than it is. Um, there's a lot of opportunities that we can't see on the TV that they're not hitting, okay? They're lacking confidence. If they believe that they can't win on small grounds, that'll probably be perpetuated. A lot of sport is about belief, okay? But we're going over to Western Australia soon. And surely we can beat Melbourne on a small pitch. You're upbeat, mate. Yeah, I'm not. It's footy, right? You're going to have bad patches. I think Croft came out and said Hawthorne always looked bad for a few rounds early on. And it's right. And how good was that, by the way? In a sea of negativity, and it, trust a Hawkman to actually be the one to come out and do it. You know, Croft fronts up in front of the camera and with charisma and positivity, like he wants Hawthorne to do well which you rarely get in the footy media. When anyone talks about not just Hawthorne, any team going through a rough patch, it's all doom and gloom and, oh, they're in trouble, mate. Oh, no, no, what's going to happen? Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. They're either going to lose or win the next week and then we'll reassess. That, that's what will happen. And Croft is right. In the tone and his delivery of talking about the Hawks, he's like, come on, Clarko. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Let's see something more exciting. I'm hopeful... And we heard from Matt basically touching on this subject uh, at Hawk Talk Pod. We all understand that it's a win-loss industry, but I want to be excited to watch us play, and it's not really happening at the moment. Is it time to try players and play them in a few different roles, or is it more about the system and fixing our ball movement issues? I think there's reason to be upbeat, because there's a lot of room to grow here. We're not out of things to try. Clarko's not out of things to try. There's a lot of tinkering still to be done, and I think that's reason for positivity. Okay, the problem is that our list profile, with its age, should be competing for premierships. Now, we've got a terrible, unexpected, ridiculous season on our hands, and we're getting to the point where it's a crisis mode. If we lose the next two, we're not looking like a premiership, and then the list looks terrible. 
Okay, it looks like the profile is wrong. We're no near, nowhere near a premiership. What do we do? And this could be a lost year. If we hadn't had all these changes, COVID didn't come along, we might have been fine playing on the MCG, looking at finals, that kind of thing. But this throws us a real curveball. So we've got to be careful. And also we need to take risks with some of the young boys because we need to know what they're capable of. And I understand the, the listeners' calls because some of these boys, if we elect to keep some of the older fellas on the list just for experience at the end of this, and we're hearing that lists are going, list sizes are going to be cut and all this kind of stuff, they're not going to let, get a look and we're going to be left with a bloke who's got one or two years left. So it really is getting a little bit dicey. Okay, so there is stuff to worry about, but from week to week, Hawthorne have to first get the defence right, and then they'll work on the midfield, and then attack. Now attack hasn't looked anywhere near working. There's been personnel changes, there's been injuries mid-game, but doesn't mean it won't click. They just have to try, and you know they've got a formidable task ahead of them. This year is unlike any other season we've ever seen, for obvious reasons. And uh, it's a pretty tall order to have to manage that um, for any club, but our club in particular, considering where we're at. And like you say, the list profile and, you know, getting to that window again. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens from here. We are literally at a crossroads. I don't put a negative spin on that. The fact is we're 3-3, completely even, and it, it's time to see where we go from here. It could go either way. But it was great to see the endeavour of those young fellas. Like, Day wanted the ball. Morris wanted the ball. They just went straight for it. And Day would give him a lift off that half-back line. He did a couple of incredible things. So, more of that. <laughs> give me some more of that. And we do. We have opportunities this week, don't we? Because we've had Patton go down. Uh, Lewis doesn't look like he's back. Um, Timmy's in terrible form, probably because he's getting a better uh, defender each week, being not the third tall anymore, but the second. Well, we've got plenty to look forward to and discuss about the Hawthorne-Melbourne clash at Giants Stadium, but for now we're going to take a break and uh, look at some of the social media stuff. So how was Twitter on Friday night, Nick? Was that, was that fine for you? or You know, when it comes to losses like that, that community can be of great comfort just to know that I'm not going crazy. <laughs> you know, my concerns are shared by the wider Hawthorne community. It's just nice to, you know, you're not just screaming into the void. You're screaming with other people. <laughs> and we had some great uh, info on the selections uh, during the week. That was good. Oh, that was so good. We, we got tipped off about, well, numerous things, but uh, namely the selections of Day and Morris. We were told they were in the frame and in a few hours' time, you know, just see what happens. And I just didn't want to come across all Tom Brown, you know. I didn't want to go too early with misinformation. I reckon you should have gone with it, man. That was great news. It's what every hawker wanted to hear at that stage, wasn't it? It turns out I should have gone with it. So we thank the various listeners that tipped us off with that. That was huge. And, uh, hey, if you know something, if you've heard some whispers and they're reliable, and I stress that, reliable. What is it? If you know something, say something. That's, uh, that's how it goes. <laughs> Slightly misinterpreted for our purposes, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, we had a review uh, midweek on the Wednesday. We got a review from GV0504B. 
The boys are passionate about their Hawks. You can hear it in their voices. Love it. It was a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars from GV0504 there. And uh, we had another one from Alyssa JB 5 Always look forward to listening to the pod. Super entertaining. And thank you guys so much for building a community where we can all share our love and passion for the Hawks. Well, thank you, Alyssa. Uh, a lovely review there as well. And the final one. Uh, from Jacob cheers for something laid back and interesting to listen to on the way to work each week and thanks for helping or rather not helping with my terrible footy tipping choices this year guys (laughs) (laughs) that's all on you Nick well we thank everyone for those reviews on Apple Podcasts I'm pretty sure we're the best rated and reviewed Hawks podcast out there and that's really lovely to see you know we appreciate people they don't have to but they take their time out of their day if they enjoy the show to let us know and that makes a huge difference to us yeah so Twitter and our our uh, sort of generalised therapy group. Um, <laughs> you can join that each week. Love the live tweeting. Uh, one of the best things about the podcast is not only the live tweeting, but just that community in general uh, and staying in touch with everyone throughout the week as we get news from the club and from the footy media. Uh, Facebook is our hub for that as well. That's growing by the day. Uh, Facebook.com slash Pod. I should mention, I didn't mention it before, Twitter at Pod is the place to go. And uh, how about this? Patreon. If you love the show, you can support it and get some perks in the process. Uh, Uh, You can subscribe at any tier, really, but the $5 tier gets you bonus eps, and uh, I think we'll we'll try and put a couple of those out very soon, some bonus eps. Certainly got some books coming out we can can talk about, the Ruffy books coming. Yeah, that'll be a bit of fun, although we're embargoed on that score, so... Look at you flaunting. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't got them yet, just wait. Oh, well, we have that up our sleeves. Uh, Anyway, patreon.com slash hawktalkpod is the place you want to go to support the show. Now, SW Perth has a question we have to get in before we're scheduled to play Melbourne, okay? Okay. I thought we were a middle six team at the start of the season. Our percentage right now suggests we're bottom four. Is it due to our tough start or are we that ordinary? Nice to have kept the positivity going. Uh, <laughs> I, I tried to present it in the most positive fashion with my tone. Oh, um, you, did, you did well. You did well. Uh, look, it's a good question. It's a weird season. There are a lot of factors. I'm not going to deny that we've not been playing good footy for a number of weeks. Uh, we've played GMHBA, and we've played the Giants Stadium twice, uh, and we've played at Marvel for one of our home games. There's a lot going on. Okay, so you look at the form line, you look at 3-3, and you can put up some pretty reasonable excuses. Yeah, well, that's that's the point, isn't it? They're excuses. Yeah, go on. Well, I'm not going to shy away from that. It's clutching at straws. But the straws are there to clutch, mate. So you clutch them. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, the fact is, like I said, we haven't been playing good footy. That's where the buck stops. Uh, it should be any time, any place, any team. That's what we should live and die by. And now we've got Melbourne... At Giant Stadium, third week at Giant Stadium, Sunday, 3.35pm. And we're the home team, importantly. Do you reckon uh, that affords us a bit more positive coverage from the media? Because they wouldn't stop talking about Collingwood last week. No, no, I, I just want to get the win here. I, I don't really want to talk about this too much. The Ds are awful. Hopefully we're not awful uh, it's just, you know. All right, let's breeze through it. Uh, we heard from Tom. With our debutants being some of our best, who, if any, should make their debuts against the Ds? Uh, I'm not sure there'll be any more debuts this week. Uh, perhaps Jones comes back in. I think they might just keep it steady whether they debut any players or not. Uh, I agree. Jones could come back in. 
Um, Would Hartley be a debut? Well, I mean, for us, sure. Okay. Uh, well, Hartley might come in. I mean, if we put him back, we can put McAvoy and Segler forward and rotate them through the ruck against Gorn. Um, that could be good. Uh, Hartley can also play forward, can uh, bring the ball to ground. I'm interested in the whisper that Lewis is actually fine. Uh, that his scans revealed that there was no extensive damage to his hamstrings. Uh, of course, we're recording this on a day waiting for the injury list, so I could be completely wrong saying that, but that was something I heard, Tiz. It was something we were tipped off about. Well, the only other bloke is Emerson Jecker. He'd be a debut. Is that possible? Well, you know what they say, Tiz. There's always a Jecker in the pack. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. He's not playing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And we move on. Uh, we heard from Andrew. With the return of Impey in the next couple of rounds, fingers crossed, who moves out of the back line for him? I'd love to see Sicily, Hardwick, Impey, Scrimshaw, and two talls, whoever they'll be. Gives us much better movement and pace from defence. Yeah, what did you think of Morrison on the weekend? I thought he he looked uh, better than he has for a long time. Yeah, for sure. He's still not in my best 22. No. Uh, he, he's still very much on the fringe, but yeah, he was fine. He was not the worst in, in what was a tough night. Who do, who do you take out of that back line? Oh, uh, probably Morrison. Oh, right. That's where you go with that for Impy. Yeah, that's fair enough. And we move on to uh, selection plans for 2020. We had a few questions about this. We heard from JP Mack. He says, I'm not a disciple to the every club must bottom out and rebuild cult, although I am in the minority, but with the exception of Warple and now Will Day, which is a small sample size, we don't really have players coming through who will take this club forward. Have I got this wrong? Uh, we really don't know what these kids are capable of. Uh, I remember seeing Smith and Hill come through and being like, well, what the hell happened there? Where did they come from? Look, JP Mack, he asks a question that I'm sure is on the mind of a lot of Hawks supporters right now. But as you say, Tiz, we just don't know right now. And that's a problem for 2020. That's something that has to be managed. We talked about it before. There's, There's also another problem, and that is we know that apart from them not being able to get any real games, apart from that, They've also coming into a team and playing someone else's role that's designed for someone else. And Clarkson has to change the game plan to work for Will Day. It has to change the game plan to work for Dylan Moore. You know, if Kaczynski comes in, he has to make allowances for this fact that Kaczynski will probably need the third man up more often than not. Uh, So it, it does change the structure. There's a lot of recalibrating on the run here, which is season 2020 in a nutshell. Think about how much we've had to adapt to. And if you want to start seeing some of this, guys, you're very right, Tiz. Like, you have to accommodate for them. Uh, If any coach is capable of doing it, it's the greatest coach of the modern era. I back him in. But it's still a tough ask. It's still a difficult thing ahead of Clarko there. We heard from Brad as well. Uh, Is it time to pull the pin on the older guys in the squad and just play some kids to get experience into them? Treat it as a gap year. The likes of Poppy, Henderson, Burgoyne, and even Stratton will not be part of our next premiership tilt. So why not start blooding Day, McGuinness, Jones, Cozzy, Moore, Walker, etc. Get around 10 games into them and hit the draft hard. Um... Probably because you'd absolutely kill any confidence they had in themselves. <laughs> Hawthorne would be non-competitive most weeks. This is what I need to caution against, and it is, and I've mentioned it too many times this podcast to even count. Uh, it is about management, so you can't do it all at once. If you're going to bring, if you're going to sideline Poppy Henderson, Burgoyne, and Stratton, the guys that Brad named there, I'm not against that. In fact, in some cases, I'm quite for that right now. <laughs> But it's about how you actually do that. You can't do it all at once because I think, as you say, Tiz, you'll leave Hawthorne in a very vulnerable, non-competitive position. 
as opposed to when put up against other AFL quality teams. So you've got to be careful that you don't destroy these young kids' confidence by bringing them up to a level that they're not, not necessarily they're not ready for, but that as a team they're not ready to deal with. You don't want to end up with a situation where you, you, you don't want to be playing a Gold Coast Suns 2013 side. And if you do that many changes, the structure will just completely deteriorate. But I would love to see uh, Walker and Moore and Burgoyne in the same forward line. That wouldn't worry me at all. Oh, and, and this is why, you know, Brad brings up a good point. Like, we do want to see these guys. We're excited to see these guys, and it does have to happen. But um, us as fans, we get to ride the excitement of it, but we, we don't see everything that goes into it, into into these decisions and how to weigh things up and how to grease the wheels that makes this team work. It can easily falter if you do it wrong. So, um, look, we'll see what happens. The other thing is no one's mentioned Ross this week. He must be beside himself. Yeah, it's an odd one, Jackson Ross, isn't it? It's not like he didn't show anything at, at VFL level. He was probably our go-to target. He kicked a bag of goals that year, but yeah, he, he can't get a look in. It's very odd indeed. Anyway, after Melbourne, we get the delightful task of playing Sydney without Kennedy or Heaney, so that's looking a bit easier. Yes, Sydney at the SCG, Saturday, July 25 at 3.35pm. Yep, tis. it's a Saturday afternoon game. To quote Anthony Hudson, I see it, but I don't believe it. <laughs> And the other thing to remember is, as at the moment, we will have the easiest fixture going forward. It looks that way, yeah. Following the Sydney clash, Hawthorne's going west. Life is peaceful there, Tiz, in the open air where the skies are blue. It's what they're going to do. They're going to go west. Uh, we've got Carlton, apparently, coming up. So we've got Dees, Swans and the Blues over the next three weeks. And then the two WA sides, I imagine. And we do love Optus Stadium, mate. 100% win rate. Wow, that's ridiculous. I didn't... I always forget that stat. So look, we've got a decent launch pad ahead of us. If we produce the kind of footy that we have been, we're going to blow it. But this is a real opportunity to get our season back on track here. The Ds, the Swans and the Blues. I want to get your tip for Melbourne. I know you're nervous. But I think to wrap up today, I just want to hear No, you. I can't even conscionably think of Hawthorne losing the Melbourne. So the tip is Hawthorne win. Okay, that's it. Do you want to give me a margin? Or? Yep, um, 28 points. Okay, very good. Well, what about you, mate? We got to do the Mason's multi. I didn't even put it on the rundown. I thought I'd get away with it. All right, Thursday night, we've got Geelong versus Collingwood. This will be a good game, this. Uh, I'm not sure who to tip, being that it's in Perth. Um Going to go to the Pies. Uh, following night, Essendon versus the Dogs. Unfortunately, Essendon. I, I expect the Dogs probably bounce back there at Metricon. Uh, the Giants then play the Brisbane Lions. Now, the Giants are up and down. Not sure what they're doing. Brisbane themselves. I mean, they lost to Geelong. So, that should be a good game as well. I'm going to tip... Well, it's the Giants Stadium, so I'm going to tip the home team, the Giants there. That afternoon, we've got Sydney versus the Suns. Ooh, uh, I'm going to tip Gold Coast. Richmond, North Melbourne. Richmond. Carlton, Port Adelaide at the Gabba. I think Carlton have gotten ahead of themselves. Port Adelaide, I'm going to tip. Hawthorne, Melbourne. Hawthorne. Dockers, West Coast. Uh, West Coast. And then the Monday night special. Let's see if there's a curse for your Monday nights. This could be fun. Uh, <laughs> Adelaide, St Kilda. Uh, St Kilda. Now, mate, the multi doesn't survive after Friday night let alone get to Sunday, let alone get to Monday. <laughs> no, no, this is the one, mate. This 
is the week. This is yours. Oh, you're just saying that. No, no. No, it'll happen. As we move to wrap up now, I know it's been uh, an interesting few days for Hawks fans as they you know, sat down in front of their TVs and watched what was a pretty deplorable game that didn't have much attacking prowess on Hawthorne's part. And it was difficult to watch. And then we had to put up with all the footy media stuff. And it all seems a bit doom and gloom. That's something that we wanted to shy away from this week. And also, I think it's important to keep in mind, we, we heard from one of our listeners, Hawks Forever, on Twitter, at HawkTalkPod, uh, had something to say in response to the kind of sacrifices that players have made. Now, I'm not going to get all Jared Waitley, tis. You don't have to worry about that. I'm not going to talk as if they've gone off to war. It's just I think Hawks Forever makes a good point. Uh, I hope all the players, including other clubs and their family, are safe, and I enjoy the fact that they still try to entertain us. I will cut them some slack this year. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. Go Hawks. Yeah, having footy back is terrific. And can I just point out that I'm so glad we're going to WA? Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, the players are getting out of New South Wales, which apparently doesn't have the greatest outlook now. Heading off to WA, much better to be there, I think. Yeah, I I think it needs to be recognised that a lot of this, what's happening at the moment, is discombobulating for all clubs, and that includes Hawthorne. It absolutely would be unfamiliar territory, and they've got to step up to the challenge. I just hope, you know, Hawks Forever says uh, win or lose doesn't matter. I would love to be able to adopt that approach. I can't. My heart won't let me. (laughs) I need them to win this week, Tiz. I need them to beat Melbourne. I don't know how I'll be if they don't. Just sit on Petrarca and force uh, the Hamburglar Oliver to kick the ball every time. That's that's all I ask. I forgot you called in the Hamburglar. <laughs> it's a lovely sentiment from Hawks Forever, and I completely agree. But oh, I co-host a Hawks podcast. Cut me some slack. I need the team to win. They'll feel so much better with a win, the boys. So much better. It's hard when you lose, especially when you're away on a footy trip forever and, and you keep losing. <laughs> I couldn't imagine much worse. I can imagine a worse footy trip, just ask Adelaide. Ah, oh, wow. <laughs> Apple Podcasts, all these glowing reviews are meaning so much to us. So if you haven't done so yet, jump on Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show if you love it. Uh, Twitter, you can hit us up there, at Pod. Get on board, join an amazing community of fans, and do so at Facebook too, which is buzzing with activity of late. Facebook.com slash Pod and Patreon. If you love the show, if you want to support us, the best way to do it is to find us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Pod. So, mate, big plan, Sunday afternoon, about 3.35. Uh, probably sitting in bed with the laptop, have the game on, Twitter open, just the usual. It's standard fare these days, mate. You can't do much at the moment. Well, I've actually sort of got a life hack for everyone out there. I've worked out that I can get the projected to put the football up there, but then I can play like classic FM, right? Instead of the commentary. <laughs> and uh, it, it's much better, i got to say. What's the ideal soundtrack for the game against the D's this week? Do you have one in mind? Maybe Handel's Hallelujah Chorus when we finally win. All right, well, there's the outro sorted, Tiz. We're going to handle. (laughs) (laughs) This has been another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.